Well, Eddie, just a couple of days on from Conor Ben's victory over Pete Dobson in Las Vegas, 12 rounds bank for the first time in his career. Firstly, how did you assess his performance? It was a solid performance. I mean, I think, you know, one thing we don't talk about enough is that Conor Ben really is a welterweight. He's fighting a lot of these bigger guys now. Dobson really is a 154-pounder. Orozco has boxed at 160 quite a lot in his career. So, you know, I want to see him back down against someone a little bit smaller. Um, and obviously look to try and compete for the world championship. 12 rounds banked um, and needs to step up in that big fight now because that's where you're going to see the best of him. You know, two nice outings against Orozco and Dobson, but probably two fights that he's not going to get his teeth into as, as much as he would a, a bigger name. So that's the plan now. Great to bank the 12 rounds. I think lots of improvement to be made. Time to stay active and obviously the whole world is calling out Conor Bent and now we have to land in one of those big fights. Yeah, you mentioned the whole world there. I mean, there were spats on social media with Errol Spence, Adrian Broner, Javonta Davis. Any talks whatsoever with any of those guys? Yeah, lots of talks with, with Javonta Davis. I mean, firstly, those two going back and forth. And, you know, I've spoken to Javonta personally, and he'll be receiving an offer from us today for that fight as well. I think it's a huge fight. Could happen in the UK, but we're looking, I think, in, in America for that. Um, you know, you've got two fiery characters. Javonta is an outstanding fighter. Super featherweight, really, coming up to lightweight and boxing at 140, but never boxed at 147. And it's a really tough fight for Conor Ben. I mean, Javonta is a pound-for-pound pound great. But I like the size advantage in that fight. You know, it'd be the first time, as I said, for a couple of fights that he'll be fighting someone smaller than him. But he can really crack, and he's an outstanding fighter. So it's a big ask for Conor, but this is what he wants. He wants those kind of tests. And I think, you know, um, Javonta Davis against Conor Ben is a fight that can really light up America and the UK. So he will be getting an offer today. I'm sure he'll probably publicise that offer, as he does on Instagram. But um, we want to try and make the fight. And Connor's bang up for that fight. He's bang up for Errol Spence. He's bang he, he, honestly, Connor Ben will fight anyone. But it's our job to make sure the reward is there. And, you know, a, a fight like that against American superstar would be a massive moment for him. And literally the whole world is calling out Connor Ben. It's not going to be difficult to land him that big fight now, but it's opened up stateside. You know, previously we talked about big fights in the UK. With all of those names that are calling him out, I think there's a very good chance his next fight will be in America. And when that offer goes in today, what sort of time frame are you looking at in terms of month of year? When April time. You know, I think uh, it has to sit within the schedule, of course, but April, May, something like that. Um, you know, I think Javon's has been looking for a date for a while now. Connor Ben, fresh ready to go after those 12 rounds, let's make it happen. One name we did mention then was Chris Eubank, who put out his own social media posts. Yeah. Is that fight fun in the background? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a very, it was a good post. I, I reshared it and, you know, it's just money, 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 money. And I understand that, but there's so much money on the table and he's been offered so much money for that fight. Um, I think if we didn't have Javonte, we didn't have Errol Spence, we didn't have Broner, we didn't have all of these new wave of, of American fighters wanting to fight Conor Ben we would probably have to revisit Eubank, but they've got the offer, Callas has got all the details. If they really want the fight, they've just got to come to their senses and come to us anymore. Done chasing, you know, let's forget about that fight, maybe one day in the future, but let them go and fight a big middleweight for a third of the money. Yeah, we look forward to seeing how talks develop. Elsewhere, looking at the schedule this Saturday, Hell on in the Indigo, Reese Bellotti, yeah. Liam Dillon. This is like all action, just it's a, it's fireworks. A, honestly, this Saturday is an old school British and Commonwealth classic. Banger. 
You've got you know, the next-gen side of the fight, Liam Dillon, a, a young, undefeated British champion. Very good fighter, lots of support against, really, you know, although he doesn't look it, the older school, you know, the, the, one of the matchroom boxing favourites in Reese Bellotti, whose comeback over the last couple of fights has been incredible. And, you know, I know that Reese has always wanted to win a British title. And, and for him and for a lot of fighters, that is everything. You've got two guys that will not take a backward step. This will be a tremendous fight. You know, we're down at the Indigo at the O2 Arena. It's a nice couple of thousand, really intimate venue. We're going to be completely banged out. And you will see a really, really good fight between two guys who are desperate to, to win the British and the Commonwealth Championship. And promise you that fight will not disappoint. Elsewhere on the card, Craig Richards in his first fight under Shane McGuigan. Quite an interesting fight, late notice against Boris Crichton. Do you know what? I mean, there's two things I want to say about Craig Richards. Number one, and it has been noted on social media, I do appreciate that Craig Richards is not next-gen. And, you know, next-gen cards are for our up-and-coming stars. Craig Richards is an established star. But the problem was, is with our plans for Craig Richards, we really needed to get him out. And what we couldn't do is wait till March or another date. So for one night only, Craig Richards returns as a next-gen star. But he's got a really tough fight. Boris Crichton is a handful. But I love what I see with Craig with Shane McGuigan. and I think you know, he's really focused in there now. And I've said to George Warren, you know, obviously you've you got the Callum Smith option as well. I like Craig Richards against Anthony Yard. You know, and if the 175 pound division gets chosen in the Matrim v Queensbury fight, there is a very good chance that our pick will be Craig Richards. He deserves that big fight. He had a fantastic close fight with Joshua Bwatsi. He lost 115-113 to Dimitri Biver. Probably gave him one of his best fights in the last few years. Yep. So this is a guy who really needs to make a statement against a very tough opponent on Saturday. So look out for Craig Richards against Boris Crichton. It's a good, it's a good tear up. Now let's talk about some of the next gen on the card. Cameron Vong in just his four yeah. fights stepping up already. Yeah, look, Cameron Vong is moving nice and quick. You know, Sam Jones is a big believer in him. Jamie Moore and those guys doing a great job. Ishmael Ellis is a, a tough fight. You know, at this stage in his career, these are the kind of tests we come through. And there's been a lot of talk online about the Jordan Flynn fight. I love that fight. But you've got to come through Saturday first. And that's going to be a tough fight for Cameron Vong, who I see as one of, you know, the real stars to emerge from the matchroom boxing prospects. And another great platform for him on the next gen card. Shannon Ryan, it's not the, the fight we'd hoped with Emma Dolan, who's been ruled out through uh, illness, I believe, but still she's fighting a 6-0 fellow unbeaten prospect for a WBA international title. Yeah, two unbeaten fighters. Another good fight. You know, Shannon Ryan supposed to fight Emma Dolan, which was a good fight she pulled out, but, you know, a, a very game opponent, you know, based in Britain as well. And it's a good fight. Shannon Ryan will move towards our championships with the WBA international and start looking at world championship fights. You know, if that Dolan fight doesn't reappear, no problem with taking Shannon straight to world championships. I think she has the ability to do so. She's one or two fights away from a world title challenge. Good crowd to come to support her on Saturday, and it's a very good competitive fight. Week after, you're heading over to Mexico. Always wild out there, but it's the rematch between Adrian Curiel and Sivanati Nonshinga mm. following one of the most dramatic knockouts. I don't think anyone saw that last year. Yeah, I mean, Nonshinga was you know, one of our standout performers internationally. You know, a couple of fights of the year, Obviously a great fight in South Africa he had as well. And, you know, the Curiel defeat was a huge blow for him. You know, you're talking about him unifying the division and just out of nowhere, Curiel comes in like a beast and just polaxes Nonshinga in Monaco. The immediate rematch, 
Um, this time in Oaxaca, looks like a stunning, stunning place, stunning venue. Wait till you see it on the broadcast, but a really, really good fight. I think, obviously, last time that ended with an early knockout. I think you're going to see that fight go real deep this time, and I think you could see a fight of the year. Last time I saw Sonny Edwards, he said he's going to throw his name in the hat to fight the winner. Is mm. that a possibility? For sure. I mean, Sonny will return May, June time, and he will fight for a world title when he returns, whether that's at flyweight, whether that's at light fly. If he can make light fly, I have no problem putting him in with a Curiel non-shinger winner. It would give Sonny a, a chance to become a two-division world champion. It's a stunning fight, so every chance Sonny Edwards could fight the winner of that fight. Week after that, we head to Orlando, two unbeaten super mm. middleweights in Edgar Belanga and Poddy McCrory. I mean, on paper, the winner would advance towards a world title, but this one should catch fire as well. Yeah, do not blink in that fight. I mean, Podrick McCrory, you know, Jamie Conlon, the team, the whole of Northern Ireland really believe that this kid's gonna do the business. Two massive punches. This fight won't go six rounds. Uh, it's a huge moment for both guys, but on our side, Edgar Belanga, who needs to make a statement in that fight. You know, Jaime Munguia was fantastic against John Ryder. You've got the Canelo Alvarez situation, who knows how that's gonna unfold, but a big win for Edgar Belanga could push him forward into the Canelo hat, particularly in the Munguia hat to make a, a Mexican-Puerto Rico classic there. But Pablo McCorry hits very, very hard. He's not afraid to let his hands go. And that is a great, great fight. Great card, of course, the return of Andy Cruz against Zamoripa, which is a brilliant fight. We saw Zamoripa lose a very tight decision to Angel Fierro and plenty of action on the card as well. Elsewhere, in the last hour, the EBU have just ordered Dalton Smith to challenge Adam Azim. Your immediate response to oh, that? I mean, you know, sometimes you love the governing bodies because they give the fans the perfect fight. Right? When you talk about Dalton Smith against Adam Azim, the perfect all-British matchup. You know, Adam Azim just won at the weekend, obviously um, won't be out till later in the year as Ramadan and then we'll, we'll fight after that. Dalton Smith fights Zapida next month. This fight, Dalton Smith against Adam Azim, is just such a wonderful fight. You know, it's the fight that's gonna give both of them the breakout opportunity to become a big star. And it's a very dangerous fight for both guys, very dangerous. But we are one million percent in that fight. And you could argue with Dalton's position after he beats Sapida, hopefully, that he's ready to change for a world title. And you know, Azim is a great young prospect, but hasn't really beaten anywhere, anywhere near the levels of a Jose Sapida. But you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a step back, but we appreciate the size that that fight can be built into. So we are in that fight, we're going nowhere. We're all in, but we've got to take care of a massive fight against Zapida first. But we are all in for Dalton Smith against Adam Azim. So on that fight, do you expect to get, get a deal done or heading to first bid, you think? I don't know. Look, what a great opportunity for both. I mean, we all want to see people work together, whether that's Matrim and Queensbury or Boxer and DAZN and Sky and us. I, I don't know, but happy to receive offers and we'll be making substantial offers to Adam Azim for that fight. But what an opportunity for the fighters. You know, that rivalry and that network rivalry in particular can lead these fighters and walk them into massive paydays. So if we don't get a deal done, it won't just be a shootout in the ring, it will be a shootout at purse bids. And both fighters are going to benefit massively from that. But please don't pull Adam Azim out of that fight. Just let the guys fight, let them make their money and roll the dice. It's what the sport's all about. Same weight division, but on the female side, you was with 
Katie Taylor last week in Vegas having some dinner. Any updates to her next move? Yeah, we're looking for Katie Taylor to return in May. You know, it's no secret. You know, the fight she wants, you have to take her hat off to her. You know, she lost the first fight against Chantel Cameron. She won the second one in a fight of the year. Both fights incredibly tough. And she wants the trilogy. I know Chantel wants the trilogy as well. So that's great to hear. And we're putting in place plans, venues, numbers, and, and both fighters will receive an offer, you know, imminently. And we hope to make a, an unbelievable trilogy that I think will be another fight of the year. Katie was pictured yesterday in the gym with Raymond Ford, who yeah. fights for the WBA world title in uh, less than a month now. Just talk to, about, talk to us about Ray. I mean, I think it would be your first US world champion from debut. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously managed by Brian Peters as well with Katie Taylor and Sandy Ryan and the team. And I think Ray Ford is, you know, just such a huge talent. You know, you talk about those guys and they're all his friends. Shakur Stevenson, Keyshawn and all that generation of US amateurs. Ray Ford has come on so strong in the last three or four fights. Up against Komatov, it's a very, very tough, dangerous fight, but he has the skills, he has the ability to become world champion, and I think we're going to be flying in for that one to, to get him over the line. You know, it's a brilliant fight, very tough fight, but I believe that's the breakout fight for Ray Ford to become a US star and a world champion. Just finally, yesterday in this very room, Johnny Ryder decided to hang up the gloves and announce his retirement. Just a quick word on John, and uh, what a brilliant guy, brilliant career. I mean, when I first walked into Gator ABC, which was a little gym in Hainal, which uh, Tony Sims was based out of, I went in to talk to, to sign Darren Barker. And, you know, there was a young man in there by the name of John Ryder who Tony Sims sort of said, look, can you give some opportunities to? And I think at that stage, if everyone's honest, to, to even challenge for a British title or to win a British title would have probably been perceived as a big achievement at that time. What he's gone on and done has been incredible and the experiences that he's, he's made and also the money that he's made, quite frankly. I mean, there's an argument he could have been a world champion, lost a very tight decision to Billy Joe Saunders. You know, I felt like he beat Jack Armfield and beat Rocky Fielding for the British title, didn't get any of those mm. four decisions, but then came back and I'll be honest, like all I ever wanted to do for John was to make him enough money to make sure he was all right. Right? I didn't feel in the early days that John would go on and fight for world championships and fight Canelo in Guadalajara. So that just really shows you the work that he's done, you know, the sacrifices he's made, the great job that Tony Sims has done and, and everybody, because John has gone on after those, those defeats for those points decisions that we talked about. When I got in the Danny Jacobs fight at Alexandra Palace, I was so happy because I thought, you know, one, it was a solid payday, but two, it was a big name. And on that night, I was thinking, if he loses there, that's it. And he beat Daniel Jacobs by decision at Alexandra Palace. And then I thought, we've hit the jackpot. We're going to land a major fight. And it just didn't come. And it was so frustrating. And, and John stuck with us. And, you know, and then the Zach Parker opportunity came with the WBO. Um, he took that fight on an away show stopped Zach Parker, and then landed the mandatory position against Canelo Alvarez. Fought Canelo Alvarez in Guadalajara, in front of 80,000 people. He put in an incredible performance, particularly in a, the, the back end of the fight. And then fought Jaime Munguia in Phoenix, in, you know, in front of 10,000, and another great performance. And you know, I think you'd always like to finish with a win, but 
you also want to finish at the perfect point where you know deep in your heart that it's time. And when he walked out of the ring that night, he knew it was time. But he leaves with his health, he leaves with money, he leaves with memories, and a career that could have actually played out a little bit better as well. But all in all, he's got to reflect on that and be very proud with what he's achieved. Now I'm going to be part of the training team at Tony Sims's gym, and I think he'll be a fantastic trainer. You know, a solid, solid guy. You never, you never hear anyone say a bad word about Johnny Ryder. And I'm just pleased that he can now enjoy, you know, the easier side of life if you want and pass on that knowledge. That's so true. I don't think I've ever seen so many positive messages yeah. on social media posts than Jordan State. Well, that, that, that says a lot, particularly in boxing. You know, everyone's got their opinions about people. Some people don't even know people and they've got their opinions on them. So, but even with John, know him, don't know him. Everybody loves John Ryder and, you know, they should do as well. He's a proper, proper geezer. And, um, you know, we, he's going to be a big part of the Matrim team moving forward. And I worked with him for 13 years. Never had a contract, never had an argument, but we always, as we always do, deliver on our promises. And John did too. Well said, Eddie. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you.